What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. We are here another week. We doing a damn thing. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, I'm kind of... Uh, my head is kind of spinning, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, but first, I want to tell you about the last week and the eventful week that I had. Um, I didn't go anywhere, really. Uh, for the July weekend, actually, no. I got drunk with um, um, my boo at Chili's. <laughs> we were supposed to go. I was going to surprise like some of my um, friends and family in Macon, Georgia. And we got halfway there, and I was like, they're not even doing anything. Apparently, they went out of town, so the jokes and surprise was on me. So we just ended up coming back up a little bit and we went to Chili's. Got tossed up. I think between me and um, this dude, we probably had like a bottle of Hennessy. Like y'all know Hennessy is my drink. I love Hennessy. If you want to take me out, you know, Hennessy is my drink. I love Henny. I'll drink vodka. I'll drink tequila. But I love Hennessy. It's my favorite drink. And like we drank a whole bottle and we had like two Presidentes together. At Chili's or El Presidente's, whatever the margaritas are called. And, like, we didn't feel anything until we got, like, got home and we fooled around and the fireworks were popping. It was magical. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, but, of course, I didn't celebrate Fourth of July. We just went out. It was just an average Saturday night or whatever day it was. It was... It, don't get it twisted. <laughs> who's independent? Who's free? And certainly not I. I mean... They could still shoot us in the street, but it ain't all bad. Uh, well, it is all bad, but we're making advances, including as we lead on to our hot topic. But before we do, before I, I, I give you all the tea, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, and rate this podcast. And make sure you share it. Share the wealth. Share the love. I'd appreciate all the listeners I can get. I got a lot of love, but it ain't enough. Okay. It ain't enough. You can go ahead and share me. Do that. Do that. If you like it, you listen every week. It's cool. Do it. Share it. But anyway, like I said, yeah, we are kind of in the middle of a race war. But we are making slight advancement. A lot of shit that we didn't ask for, you know. But have y'all heard about the Karen Act with a C? As usual, our hot topic is our first segment, and it's brought to you by lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com. And this is the tea that we're getting. There's a Karen Act, and it's going to be introduced in San Francisco to outlaw racially motivated 911 calls. I don't understand why. Um, again, I, my question, I'm in my 20s and I, I don't understand how no, any of this is not already in action. But did you know beforehand that you could make a racially motivated 911 call and it'd be okay? But anyway, let's jump into the jump. Let's talk about it. I'm going to read the jump and we'll talk about it. Again, this is from lovebysky.com and it goes, could call on the police on black people for no reason soon become punishable by law? Shaman Walton, a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, has introduced the Karen Act, which is aimed to ensuring punishment for anyone who calls the authorities with racist intention. Um, 
Shaman Walton has released a tweet that states racist 911 calls are unacceptable. Walton said in a tweet announcing the introduction of the proposed act, which he discussed further during a San Francisco Board of Supervisors meeting on Tuesday. Um, BT Dub, um, not that it matters, but it matters. Shaman is obviously a man of color. So shout out to Shaman Walton. Very attractive man of color. Very, very sexy. And you'll be able to see that if you click the link in the description, which you should. Click those links. Read the story. Don't just go by what I'm telling you. Okay. Click the link. Read it yourself. Tell me what you think about it. Comment under this the posts. Um, but anyway, per a regional NBC outlet, Walton explained during Tuesday's hearing that the caution against racially exploitative non-emergencies, Karen, see, get it, C-A-R-E-N, that went over y'all's head. I'm going to tell it again. I'm going to say it again. Caution against racially exploitative non-emergencies, Karen. That's why I was, was Karen with a C. Ain't that smart? You know, whatever y'all don't y'all don't appreciate good I, I appreciate a good uh acronym <laughs> any who's a karen act is designed to result in potential potential criminal charges against those who make 911 calls that are racially motivated and thus do not represent any actual emergency other than the sheer ignorance of the person making the call let's do a little a clap for that um, both the Karen Act and State Assembly member Rob Banta's comparable assembly bill, 1550, Watson said, should be viewed as being part of the larger nationwide movement to address racial biases and implement consequences for weaponizing emergency resources with racist intentions. In comments to Forbes, Walton's chief of staff, Nat- Natalie G., shout out to Natalie, said the bill would allow someone who is the subject of actually motivated 911 calls to go after civil remedy via the court system. The proposed act, the proposed act, which obviously takes its name from the widely used Karen nickname for people who often engage in such behavior, will also hit perpetrators with a fine. So, I mean, I, I don't understand what's stopping this whole thing from going nationwide. The Karen Act, uh, it, it's being proposed. It's 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 something that, a bill that's going to be passed around. And I see it, seeing the light of day. I pray that it does. But this needs to stop. <laughs> I've talked about, I don't, I don't like to backtrack on these episodes because if you heard me speak about something for an hour, you shouldn't have to listen to me speak about it for another hour. But this is ridiculous. I had no idea that this was something that I didn't know that they were getting away with it after what's going on. And, and the it's been, I've been a victim of it. If you go back and listen to my FUBU series, I speak about my issue uh, with a, a male Karen, my row with a male Karen at a dog park. Um, how can you just, like I say all the time, calling the cops these days, whether you want to admit it or not, is... You might as well call a hitman. At least the hitman will pro- might maybe miss. People who just call to incite a 
situation that could be completely ignored by minding their business or you're calling because you're ignorant. You don't understand why a black person is in your building because they don't look like they belong there or why they're in your park. Why it's none of your business, Karen. <laughs> and there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of, even though the, the female Karens tend to be a lot more turned up, like watching Twitter and seeing these, now they're pulling guns out on people and, but the the male Karens, we haven't I, we haven't as a unit decided what to name them, but I call them um, Bobs, Billies, Bobs or Billies. But the Billies are like worse. <laughs> they you most of the time they're sitting there with a smile. All of the Karens are, but they are literally not afraid of you. You can tell that they are doing it to because they can. Man, this this whole Black Lives Matter movement is is really smoking out a lot of the snakes um, from the garden. You know what I'm saying? Is that how that goes? I don't think that's how that that saying goes, but. Whatever. Like I said, I'm probably still drunk from Saturday, so you have to forgive me. We were turned up. But we weren't turned up, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like Henny, Hennessy does not affect me the same way that it affects other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, except one time I was with my ex at this bar in the green room um, in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi, my, whole my hometown. And that was when I first started really, really drinking Hennessy. And one day he was just kind of talking. He was talking. And I, I had probably had like four or five Hennies on ice. And, you know, I was feeling good. And then he was, I just thought to myself, like, I could really rock this motherfucker shit right now. I don't know what it was that he was irritating. We probably weren't really together together at the time we were doing in that weird phase of when you both like each other, but you won't tell the other. I, I deal with that a lot with people. They never just come out and tell me, and I'm not going to tell you first. I'm never, I'm not that person. So you're going to have to come up and tell me, if you got a crush on me, if you want to fuck, speak up. You know? <laughs> and we were at that weird phase, and I just was getting so irritated. He probably was talking about someone else, like another guy or something like that. And I was like, you know what? The Hennessy started getting, and I realized that they were, when they say that that brown, and I'm, I, it gets to you. They say that brown gets you down, but I'm naturally already an even, like a cool person. So when that Hennessy got to me and I started getting irritable, I literally thought I was just going to uppercut the shit out of him in that chair. And I was like, okay, I was about to order another one. I was like, no, this is what people be talking about. But I, we were gone. We, we were, we felt good. We probably had, no, it was like six or seven shots. I should have been fucked up. And then we had two El Presidente margaritas before that. This is this new, um, my new team that I'm, I'm dating. We are in the talk. Well, mm, mm. I feel like now after my last, I've, I've been through a couple of bad relationships. We'll get to that in the third segment. I don't know why I'm using this hot topic moment, but 
Fourth of July was nice. I had a beautiful Fourth of July. Um, I didn't celebrate Fourth of July, but I was. It was a July the fourth for me. <laughs> July the fourth, Saturday, July the fourth. We went to go to Chili's and we turned up and we had a beautiful night. We fooled around while the fireworks were popping outside. We were in a car making out. It was beautiful. It was my type of. If I celebrated 4th of July and I wanted to celebrate my freedom, which I do not have totally yet, which is clear by the Karen Act, the fact that somebody could just, some white bitch can call me at Kroger and feel like I don't deserve to be there. And there they come blowing my back out, you know, and not the way I want. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But if I was to celebrate 4th of July anymore, that would be how I'd want to do it. It was beautiful. My last 4th of July was a beautiful 4th of July, too. It was beautiful. That's when I was with my boo-boo, my, my ex. And I love that. I love that motherfucker. But we're off that. On to a new team. And we'll talk more about love and relationships in the third segment. But right now, at this current moment, we're going to jump into the You Know Artist Spotlight. So, you know, I do the Artist Spotlight because I love music. If you don't know anything about me, music is such a, I feel like if I, people say this all the time, but I, you, anybody who ever know, who's ever been around me longer than 10 minutes can tell that I have an abnormal um, knowledge and an, an, an abnormal need to have music always around me. Since I was a kid, I used to walk around. I would never, I wasn't normal to say the least. I could not, everybody used to talk about how I used to have headphones in my ear. No matter what I was doing, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything, and I'm still the same. I probably listened to Spotify counted it. I probably there. I probably every. I probably spend. There's not a minute that I'm not listening to music. Currently listening, doing this podcast, even though we can't play music, I'm listening to music in my ear. I can't function without it. No matter what job I do, there has to be some kind of music involved. If I'm working out, if I'm cooking, cleaning, walking the dogs, using the bathroom, <laughs> taking a shower, taking the trash out, at work, you know, anything I'm doing, a business situation, I need music in my ear. It's like, a, it's like music is like, I know I'm, it is my, wow, it music is my person. It's my thing. It's my soulmate. But anyway, Artist Spotlight to me is important to have and I will continue to do it because I have so much knowledge. I'm I'm literally going off of, these are things that I know. I'm spending 15, 20 minutes talking to you about artists, random artists and random knowledge and stories that I know about these artists that I just walk around with. So, but this time I did a little research I don't know much about this particular artist that I jumped off on. Um, so I actually studied this one. So this won't be at the top of the dome. Well, I do know, I'm lying. I do actually know a lot about this artist, but she's different in a sense of, I feel like people forgot that she was more of a rapper singer and people think of her more of, actress entrepreneur but I love her music and I think her music especially nowadays is important and I am talking about 
be Dana Owens, Miss Queen Latifah. And the reason why I'm using her is because I feel like her story is so interesting. And it's actually very, even the little bit that I actually know is sad and juicy and interesting. And she's someone that we see everywhere all the time, but we know very little about her day-to-day life. We know very little about her mechanics, but I feel like if you know these few little facts, you'll know her better. All right, Queen Latifah, born Dana Owens, March the 18th in 1970, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, actress, and producer. Um, She was born in Newark, New Jersey. So you know she got it out of the mud. Okay, so let's kind of run down some of her accolades before we jump into her story. So you know Latifah starred as Khadijah James on Fox's sitcom Living Single from 1993 to 1998. Her first album on Tommy Boy Records was All Hail the Queen on November 28th, 1989. And it featured her first real actual hit single was Ladies First. She dropped Nature of a Sister in 1991. Then she signed to... Living single as a way to promote her next record, which was Black Rain, and it spawned, of course, the iconic track, UNITY, which was a large influence on women. If you've ever, if you've never heard that song, I don't even, just click out, log out, go and listen to it right now, and then come back and finish. Uh, The record won a Grammy, and it peaked at number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100, which this was in the early 90s, that's a big deal for female raps, rappers. Before we had the Nicki Minaj's and her number ones as a featured artist, you had Queen Latifah in the 90s scratching and clawing and actually making like material that freed a lot of people and discussed things that were happening in real life. Things that women can relate to. Not that I'm saying Nikki doesn't make music that people can relate to, because I relate to Nikki. I, you know, I'm a closeted Barb. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, I, I, I'll drop a couple of Nikki bars in a minute in my real life. I'll drop a little bars. I'm, I'm a closeted Barb. You know, whatever. Um, but at that time, you and ITY was a story about black women in the hood and the stories and their lives and the truth about what's happening in these streets. And it was almost in the top 20 in the nineties before female rap was as huge as it is today. Um, She also then turned and starred into her lead roles of Set It Off in 1996. And then she released my favorite album from her, Order in the Court, which on um, Motown, I think that dropped June 16th, 1998. So she dropped, set it off, yes. She dropped, set it off, and then two years later dropped Order in the Court, which (sighs) that was uh, my, it was, when I was engaged, um, Order in the Court has a track on there called It's All Right featuring my girl Faith Evans and Lil Mo on the background. And that was our my song to my fiance back in the day. It was early 2000. I mean, like, we, we got engaged in 2015, 2016? 2016, I want to say. 
And I found that song and I was like, that's exactly how I felt. So I love that album for that particular reason. But she also, later on, that, that's neither here nor there. But Latifah later on get garnered acclaim with her role as a matron Mama Morton in the musical film Chicago in 2002. And she received her nomination for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Now that's when she became the Queen Latifah. But for us people of color, we always fucked with Queen. You know, Latifah was our girl. Um, then later on, she started singing more. If you listen to her music, she kind of sings throughout. But in 2004, she drops the Dana Owens album. And in 2007 and 2009, she released two more albums, Traveling Light and Persona. Persona has a song on that where she's rapping and singing. I love that song, People with her and Mary J. Blige. I, I used to listen to it all the time in high school. Um, then she did her daytime talk show, The Queen Latifah Show, which ran from 2013 to early 2015 on CBS. She appeared in the films Bringing Down the House, Taxi, Barbershop, Beauty Shop, Last Holiday, Hairspray, Joyful Noise, 22 Jump Street, and Girls Trip. And she received all of like her critical and her roses, her critical acclaim for her role as Bessie Smith in the HBO film Bessie in 2015. She went on to produce and star in the musical drama Star, which was on air from 2016 to 2019. And in 2020, she plays Hattie Mike Daniel in Hollywood. She has earned a Hollywood, her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She's considered a feminist of the rap music. She is, I think, a Tony and an Oscar away from being a, a EGOT winner. She's won a Grammy Award, an Emmy, a Golden Globe Award, a Screen Actors Guild Award, two NAACP Image Awards, and she's been nominated um, for an Academy Award and has sold over two million records worldwide. But that's not why we're here. Y'all know I like to get to the messy shit. Like, let's talk about... <laughs> we want to get to the meat and potatoes of Queen Latifah's life, and here we go. Okay, so at the age of five, Dana Owens, aka Queen Latifah, was violated by a male teenage babysitter. And she said it has affected her every day since. I, you know, I hate that that's a common occurrence in all of our stories. Stop touching children. Stop. It's, uh, I don't play about babies and animals. Like, that's my, I literally will cut a bitch's head off. Leave babies alone. But at the age of five, Queen Latifah was violating. She said, she told my Essence magazine how it has affected her ever since then. Of course, rightfully so. It keeps, it made her keep everyone at a arm's length. Uh, she doesn't trust anyone. And she has suffered from the trauma all of her life, for the rest of her life. And, and it, it has it's affected all of her relationships, including her love relationships. And she says that she has commitment issues up until this point. She went into therapy. In her therapy session, she just broke down and told the therapist that she felt like it was always her fault, always her fault. It was her fault. She shouldn't have done this. She shouldn't have done that. And that session broke her free from the shame. She realized that it wasn't her fault. And it 
send her on a journey to be free, encouraging all the friends, all her family members, everyone in her life to speak their truths. At the age of eight, her mother and her father separated and eventually divorced. She moved with her, of course, her mother and her brother into the Newark projects. And that's when she began to see all the things that you can hear her talk about in her music. But that was a blessing for her because the rent was so low and utilities were included. Her mom worked two jobs to put her and her brother through a Catholic school, a private Catholic school where she learned to hone her craft and got a higher education. And also she developed really, really early in the hood. Like she physically, she is known for her amazing curves and her amazing body, but she developed at 11 years old and people used to tease her for her breasts which her body is kind of what she's known for now. Her curves, she's body positive before it was even, I would say, a phrase. I don't remember people using the phrase body positive to speak about Queen, but she was before the Lizzo's and everyone else. But developing early into her teens, she, she, she kind of became one with her body and started using it as a way to... Fill a room. She was this tall, big titted girl, and it got her the attention of much older men. And in her memoir, she relays that at the age of 16, she slept with a 40 year old man for $50. And it afterwards, it sent her through a mental spiral. She felt like such a shame. It brought her back to the shame that she felt when she was five. She kept feeling and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, how low was I? $50, it went like that. And here this man is walking off with a part of me. So she felt really low about it. And she wrote that that was one of the most terrible mistakes she's ever made. And it made her close off sexually to a lot of people afterwards. Um, eventually, she started to experiment in other things. She started... she snorted cocaine for the first time at 17 years old, which also led her to a dealer who taught her how to sell. She talked herself up into selling weed. She wanted to sell substances, but the shame, and she was so paranoid and she was so scared that she did it only for one day. And her brother was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? She never did it again. And her brother was kind of always her rock. Her brother was always there for her. They used to cry together because they didn't understand why her brother was separate. I mean, her family was separated. They used to cry on each other's arms and her brother was always her rock. And eventually she put all that aside, all her bad things, and just kind of followed her brother around for so long, did everything he did. She was right under her brother's arm. Her brother's name was Lance. Um, his name was Lance, but she called him Winky. And eventually, like, they worked hard. They got out of their parents' house. And her brother actually became a officer, a cop. She loved her brother so much that she worked her ass off and got him this motorcycle, this bike. She got it for him for his birthday. And um, after a shift, he was driving the bike and had a collision with a car and lost his life like, two months after she got him the bike and this they used to 
call her and her brother twins because they were never apart. He'd have to go to work and she'd be there waiting for him. He was probably on his way to go see her. And she got a call um, two months later after she got on the bike that he died on it. And of course, teeth, big teeth, she lost it. And a little um, known fact, which I kind of knew, the key that she always wore in living single was the key from the motorcycle accident. She went and got it dipped in gold and she wore it for years, 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 holding on to her brother. This eventually turns her into drinking. She turn, turns her on to drinking. She used to drink, 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 and smoked so much that she, until she passed out. She couldn't, her grief was so much that she just kept drinking, 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 and she'd have to get high until she just passed out to stop thinking about her brother, Winky. Someone came up to her and was like, Teeth, well, maybe this isn't the right way. Maybe you're talented. Why don't you turn it into music? And in 1992, shortly after um, a bad situation where she passed out drunk, she said she slept for two or three days. She woke up, called the friend, and she was like, if you get me into a studio right now, I'll stop drinking and I'll put all that energy towards music. So Tommy Boy Records got her back into the studio and she channeled it all into her music, which ended up being the record, which one was it? 1993. So it was Black Rain, which spawned the hit UNITY. So that passion that she felt ended up becoming gold, literally. (laughs) UNITY became a gold selling record. She got back on her feet, went to counseling and found the Lord again. But in 1995, another tragedy happened when she was her, her friend Lauren Mayo and a bodyguard were heading to a party when in her BMW when they were at a red light. Two men, two teenage boys came up to them and demanded to get out of the car. They asked Tifa for every dollar that she had on her and she gave it to them. They gave her the car. They complied everything. But for unknown reasons, one of the boys shot the bodyguard and drove off in her BMW. She freaked out, but she she kept calm, flagged a cab, got her bodyguard to the hospital. And thank God the bodyguard actually survived because she moved so fast and thought so quickly. The, the robbers were apprehended and were thrown in jail. But of course, they sent her again on a spiral. She started drinking again, and she was drinking to numb the pain. She said she every single day she was faded, and she realized that she wasn't living her best life. She was in her career. She was drunk at these events. She was drunk and on sets and all these things, and she couldn't even soak up what was happening around her. She was so fucked up all the time. In 96, she got pulled over by the cops, and they found a gun on her, a loaded gun, and they smelled weed. She admitted that she had was faded. She was speeding down the street, and she had no idea where she was. She was so high, she was trying to get it to where she was trying to get some industry event or some industry meeting, and she was so high that she was like, hey, yeah, I, I shouldn't even be behind the wheel right now. She was arrested. She paid the, uh, the, the bond to get out and went on and got arrested again. <laughs> 
she got arrested again in 2002 for driving under the influence. She pleaded no contest. She had three years probation, had to pay $300 fine, and had to attend a sobriety class. And shortly after, another tragedy came, which we all kind of know a little bit about. The National Enquirer reported that her mother was in horrible health in 2013 and teeth denied it. She said, no, this is not happening, which I feel like everybody kind of denied the National Enquirer back then. Like They could have reported that you woke up breathing and you'd be like, no, 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 no. Um, but it turned out that her mother was actually um, in a health crisis. She had heart failure and she had been on a, she had a defibrillator that she actually, she was actually diagnosed 10 years prior. So this is something that she knew about. And according to People Magazine, her mom required oxygen to help manage the disease. So she was on an oxygen tank every single day. But her mom and Queen Latifah became closer because she had to help take care of her. She worked harder and she wanted to make sure that her mom was well. And it actually helped her kick her habits. And she wanted to be um, an example for her mother, make her mother proud. But of course, in 2018, her mother lost her battle and she passed. And uh, I remember hearing about that and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we all love Queen Latifah. And she was heartbroken, of course, by it. And she eventually, she she was at peace with her going. She felt like her mother put up a great fight. And although she said her mother was the love of her life, she was happy that she was at peace and she didn't have to suffer anymore. Um, but Queen Latifah found another love of her life. And after decades of rumors, we all heard the rumors about Queen Latifah's sexuality around the time of, when was that? 2012 in Long Beach, she performed and at the Pride event, and people thought she, this was her coming out. But she was like, nah, you know, I, I got paid to do it. But the picture started surfing, maybe surfacing two years later with her girlfriend, the choreographer. Y'all remember that? The choreographer, Ebony, what was her last name? Ebony Nichols. Ebony Nichols or Nicole. Ebony Nichols, I think is her name. And those surfers, and she said, I'm not talking about my love life. I'm not. She didn't speak on it. She and she hasn't. Queen Latifah has never, either one of them have ever acknowledged the relationship, even though people have been asking for it forever. But even in 2015, they got spotted again, um, walking arm in arm in New York City. She's gorgeous. I don't know if y'all know who Ebony Nichols is, but she's gorgeous. And then 2019, that it was rumors that they had a baby together. I love to see that baby. They look good. I bet you the baby's pretty. Um, actually, our homegirl, Love B. Scott, confirmed in 2019 that the baby is actually named Rebel. But they, of course, Queen Latifah and Ebony never said anything. But I, I kind of feel like I get her. I kind of get it. Is it anybody's business? You know? Especially at that time. Now it's so... You have to think about where she came from. 
You know what I'm saying? Now it's nothing for me to be sit here and talk to you about how I've been engaged and how I want to have a baby and all this, that, and the third. But back then, that was a whole different time. You know, she to, to make it, you have to keep all your private life quiet, let alone your lesbian life. And it's easy for someone like me or someone, even like Lil Nas X or anything like that. We are on the shoulders of pioneers like Queen Latifah, Little Richard, Luther Vandross, those ones that might have had the Whitney Houston. They uh, think about it, Whitney Houston. They had to live complete different lives to pop. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm thankful. Queen Latifah, thank you so much for walking. Whitney, uh, Luther, all of y'all, thank you for walking so we could run. But Queen is the queen. And she's getting her roses. That's why she's here. She's accomplishing. She's still kicking doors off the hinges. And we're thankful for her. And that's the end. <laughs> How much of that did y'all not know? I feel like none of y'all knew any of that stuff. Let's see if this is such a mystery. I love it, though. But anyway, let's go on to our next segment. I ain't going to keep y'all too long. This is going to be a quick conversation, girl. I ain't called to keep up all your time. <laughs> Let's go into the love and relationship section. And today, of course, our new our new boo, Cosmo, Cosmopolitan.com. We are talking about a very sticky subject. The ding ding. Lube. Lubricant. Lube, baby. You know I'm making my own lubricant. I'm not going to make this about me. I got to do this drop real quick, but I'm making my own lubricant. Follow at the Woo brand on Instagram and we'll talk about it later. But anyway, Cosmopolitan.com, 14 ways to incorporate lube into your sex life. All right. How, what, what do you use lube? I'm talking to my heteros and my homos. <laughs> do you use lube? I personally, I am making my own, but I never, I'm going to be for real and be very, very honest. I hardly ever use lubricant. <laughs> if I am doing the giving and all that, I will, but I usually, oh, <laughs> anyway, no, 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 Okay. That's TMI. That's TMI. That might be TMI. Okay. Let's go through this list real quick. 14 ways to use lubricant in your sex life that you had an idea that you could use them. One, use it for any type of animal play. <laughs> shit. Okay. For, no, I said shit. <laughs> anal play shit. Okay. Anyway. So one, use it for any type of anal play, penetration or not. So lube is pretty much as a necessity when attempting any sort of anal penetration. I disagree. But anyway, it, it is, it is, it is. Don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. I'm a Sagittarius moon. Everything's a joke. If you are going in the butt, use lube. If you can take anything from this podcast, this whole podcast brand, if you're going up the butt, lube it up. But anyway, um, two, incorporate it into your hand jobs and or your fingering game. I agree. I agree. It feels better. Use it during cunnilingus. Now, this is something different. 
Look, dry mouth happens to the best of us. So whether or not a certain medication that gives you cotton mouth or you're just like straight up dehydrated giving and receiving head with a sandpaper tongue is uncomfortable experience for everyone involved. And a bit of unflavored, flavored lubes would you cause irritation lube to receivers vulva during dining, diving in and, and everyone will be a little bit happier. Hmm. Okay, okay. And they said also... This can be definitely beneficial using a barrier such as dental dam, and um, it will enhance the pleasure of the receiver. Okay, okay. Four, use it to pre-dry hump set. Oh, use it for a pre-dry hump sesh. Okay, this is gonna. I'm gonna have to elaborate. Um, using lube during an act called dry humping might seem oh counterintuitive. Wow. So basically, okay. So I have done this. So you basically. I, mm. So basically what you do is you pour the lube all over yourselves and you just get on top of each other and you just dry hump. It does make it a little bit better, but I have to, a side note, I, I have used, I have a, actually I, I did um, use lubricant that particular day and I was with this person. There's actually just a hookup, a random hookup. Um, and this person used my lube and sprayed it all over me all over my stomach, all over my body and just rubbed and then got on top and, all, and poured, a, like squeezed my lube bottle. And if you know anything, I don't, you know anything about me, I don't do the cheap shit. I'm a, I'm a classy bitch, you know? So I, I have a pretty, you know, my lube ain't cheap. This motherfucker was draining it, like squeezing it, like how you drink a Capri Sun. Like he was squeezing it all on top of us. Like he bought it. I was like, no, wait the fuck a minute. I ain't never done this before. And he just would, he just grind, grinded on us. I can't make this shit up, bitch. <laughs> I was so outdone. That was one of the craziest hookers I've ever, ever had. I had to finally block that, that motherfucker. He was a little, he was a little obsessed, like with having sex with me, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, you would too, you know, but anyway. Number five, break it out before penetrative sex even happens. So don't wait until things kind of start drying up in there. Just go ahead and loop that thing up. Six, use it for warming massage, which is kind of leaning towards what I'm creating. Use it for like a hot massage beforehand. Some some people don't like to, um, what do you call it? Uh, there's no tw foreplay anymore. You know, go ahead and warm up some lube and massage your, your boo down. You know, you, you're a hetero, you're a dude. You go rub your baby's feet. You know what I'm saying? With some lube. Seven, use it to amp up or the orgasms. During sex with male partner, dab a few little droplets of lube into his oh, perineum, aka the extra sensitive spot between his scrotum and his anus. The taint. Why do they call it a taint? I don't even know why they, they're, they're, they're playing. Put it on in his tank just before he orgasms. Lightly tap your fingers of the, of the loose spot to change the whole damn game and send him over the edge. Okay, that's cool. I, you know, or lick it. <laughs> lick that tank. But anyway, eight, use it when you masturbate, of course. Nine, use it when you masturbate with a sex toy. Duh. Ten, use it during vaginal intercourse. Eleven, use it inside of a condom. Okay. If your partner... If your partner is looking for more ways to increase feeling while using protection, um, Eric Garrison is a sexologist and author of Mastering Multiple Positions Sex has suggestions. Many guys complain that the condom dam diminishes the sensation. 
So adding a little lube ups the sensitivity. He fills inside the latex. If you put a drop or two inside the rubber before you unroll it, that might unlock a world of feeling. I don't know about that one because they're always talking about it slipping off. I don't know. Use that one. You That's Cosmopolitan.com's views. I, I don't know about that. Uh, two, 12, use during anal penetration, of course. I mean, or you know what I say, lick it before you stick it. Both of them. Like, I <laughs> lick it before you stick it. But whatever. I'm not going to be the dead horse. If Don't come in collaring at me talking about just using lube. You're not sticking this, you know, you're making this, you ain't sticking this. Okay, 13, use it during a blowjob. Okay. I don't like to taste the lube in my mouth. I don't think anybody I know likes to taste the lube in my life. I'm in my mouth, but whatever. And 14, use it for a sexy massage. Okay. Duh. Like, <laughs> uh, thank you, cosmopolitan.com. But... I kind of feel like they're missing some. Like, well, I guess a hand massage. One thing I like to do, my kind of, this is my foreplay. My little tip, which is, it seems so simple, but I feel like people have no idea or really even, people talk about the feet a lot. Massage your man's hands. This is something you can do anywhere before. Like, while you're at dinner, go ahead and get a little Vaseline and go, <laughs> a little, a little, Petroleum jelly or cocoa butter petroleum jelly. I like the I like the little the Johnson and Johnson one. You know, while you're out in public, take his rings off or whatever and massage his hands. I like my massage, and actually, I feel like the sensation from that alone just, you know, I feel like people forget about the hands when they talk about that sexual. That's something I like to do. That's my little sexual tidbit, my little foreplay. I love. I like holding hands anyway when I'm with somebody. So take a little lube and, and massage his hands real good. People forget about the hands. We talk about the feet, but the hands work just as much as the feet, mama. And you need them. You need them more than you need the feet. Warm his hands up. Get them real nice and and pull those, crack those knuckles a little bit. Massage his hands. I think that is a sexy thing that people can do with a little lube, I guess. That's my little tidbit. But those are the 14... 14 tips on how to use lube during sex from Cosmopolitan.com. Read them all and get more details in the description. Link in the description. And again, follow the Who, at the Who brand on Instagram. I will be telling you all about that at a later date. But I think I'm done. I'm sure you're tired of hearing me. You're going to come back next week, though. It don't even matter. But you're going to come back next week for the team next week. I don't even... I already know I'm going to do my artist spotlight, actually. I'm not, I'm, I was about to lie. And it's going to be a good one next week. So come back. Come back and talk to me. Talk to me. Holler at me. Pull up on me. And again, if you're listening and you haven't yet, I feel like after this whole lube talk, you you want to come back next week, right? Go ahead and smash that follow button this like, and like this uh, podcast and rate it. Give me five stars. I'm a five-star bitch. Go ahead and... Go ahead and do your thing, your thug fizzle. You know what I mean? Rate, review, like, share, subscribe, and I appreciate you. See y'all next week. Y'all have a good week, and love ya. Peace.
Thank you.